All right, Christchurch, we uh, continue in our second week in our series, Getting Past uh, Your Past. I'm Pastor Bob, lead pastor here at Christchurch. And uh, this uh, today is one of those uh, difficult uh, topics. We're going to focus on forgiving uh, those who hurt you. Last week when we were together, uh, we all agreed we have a past, right? Uh, And there's lots of stuff in that past. Uh, And uh, one of the things we can probably agree on this week is that uh, in that past, uh, all of us uh, have experienced some hurt. Amen? We've all experienced some hurt. And uh, a lot of times that hurt is caused uh, by uh, other people. Uh, And uh, when we get into the, the subject today of forgiving those people, um, it can be a difficult thing. And uh, up front, need to acknowledge that most, most often when, uh, when a pastor does uh, this teaching, uh, there is this kind of one objection uh, to the teaching, and it goes something like, well, pastor, I hear what you're saying, but you, you just don't understand. You just don't know the depth of the hurt that that person caused in my life. Uh, And the truth uh, is, uh, you're right. I don't. Got my own hurts, right? Got got my own past. But yeah, I I don't know. I don't know uh, the depth of the hurt uh, that may be in your past caused by... uh, somebody else. But here's what I do know. What I do know is that forgiving that other person, practicing forgiveness, is not based on the depth of the hurt that you've experienced. But it is based on the depth of your own faith. You see, what we want to do when we get to this topic of forgiving those who hurt us is we want to focus on the hurt. We, we, we want to hold on to and focus on that, on that hurt. When what you're going to see today is that, that God calls us, Scripture teaches us, to shift our focus from the hurt to the forgiveness that we've already received. Uh, let me let me show it up to you. We asked the question, uh, so why should we forgive those who who hurt us? And the first answer is simply because we've been forgiven, Be- because that's what God does, has done uh, for us, for me, right? For each one of us who who know and receive Christ as our Lord and our Savior, that He accomplished what we could not accomplish for ourselves. If you look at uh, Colossians 3, great passage, uh, Paul says, Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Now, a couple quick points. Notice right away in this passage, in both of these statements, they are directive statements, right? That They're directive. He's saying this is what you do. So, so do this. Bear with one another, right? He, he's not saying, he's not coming to, to we Christ followers and saying, well, now, guys, here's my suggestion, right? 
He, he's not coming to us and saying, you know, if you can find it in your heart, if you can just kind of grow to the possibility, right? He, he's not saying that. What is he saying? Do this, right? Do, this is what you do. This is part of being a Christ follower. So he's just making these declarative statements to say, look, this is the expectation. This, this, this is what we do. So bear, bear with each other and forgive. Notice the next word. What's the next word? Say it with me, will you? Whatever. What? Yeah, whatever. Bear whatever grievance. Did he invite you to only forgive the things that are small hurts? No. He says, listen, it's not a matter of the shallowness or the depth of the hurts. The call to forgiveness isn't about the shallowness or the depth of the hurt. You're focusing on the wrong thing. You need to forgive whatever. We'll see it in the next passage I show you too. Whatever. Whatever. Forgive whatever, right? Forgive whatever grievance you may have against one another. Forgive, declaration again, right? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Key word there is just this little word called as, right? Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So it kind of begs the question, doesn't it? So so how did God forgive you? How, How did Jesus forgive you? Because he's the model. This is what Paul's saying. Scripture is teaching us today. Is saying, listen, when it comes to this forgiving of other people, it's in relationship to how you have been forgiven. It's not about the depth or the shallowness of the hurt. It, it's about how you have been already forgiven in Christ. So you need to forgive the same way, just as Jesus has forgiven you. So how did Jesus forgive you? Paul says, you were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was, was not yet cut away. That sounds kind of painful, doesn't it? So this is going to be painful if you're holding on to a grievance or a hurt today, right? Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave how much? All, that whatever thing again, right? There it is again. He forgave all, not just the shallow, but also the deep hurts. He forgave all. All that you have done that would grieve the Father. He forgave absolutely everything that is part of your past that was a a hurt and a grievance and a disobedience against God. He forgave all of that stuff, all of it, regardless. Deep, shallow, whatever, He forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to a cross. How did Jesus forgive you? He forgave all of it. And he wiped the slate clean. He forgave all of it. And he wiped the slate absolutely clean. And when we understand that, that changes who we are and how we are. Paul says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has 
cleared of sin. How did Jesus forgive you? He wiped the slate clean, regardless of whatever it was. He wiped the slate clean, cleared the record, and replaced it with the opportunity of joy. See, what happens to us is when we hold on to these grievances, when we concentrate on the hurt, what is it that we're ignoring? The joy. We concentrate on the hurt and the grievance, and we forget, we ignore what becomes absent in our life is the sheer joy of what it means for each of us to be forgiven, to have our slate wiped absolutely clean, even though we don't deserve it. To have our sins, all of them, whatever they have been, absolutely wiped clean as a sheer gift. That's what Paul says. But there's a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious, what's the word? Gift. You see that? God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. You see, here's the truth. The truth is we got to acknowledge, we have to face the reality. We deserve, we deserve God's judgment. We deserve God's wrath. You know what we deserve? We deserve hell. That's what we deserve. But by God's sheer grace, by his incredible love for us, not because he has to, but just because he wants to, by sheer gift, he wipes our slate clean. And that's what love does. That's what love does. 1 Corinthians 13, you folks that got married out there, some of you probably had this text at your wedding, right? Talking about love. And it defines, in 1 Corinthians 13, it finds the aspects of love. And here's one of those aspects. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And what does it do? It keeps no record of being wronged. What does love demand? Wipe the slate clean. Wipe the slate clean. Forgiveness, forgiving those who hurt us, regardless of the shallowness or the depth of the hurt, is not dependent on the hurt. It is about the depth of our understanding how incredibly forgiven we are. Incredibly forgiven each one of us is. And, and when we get in touch with that, when we understand that, we stop focusing on the hurt and we start focusing on the joy of being forgiven, of being loved to that depth. You see, there's a risk for us if we ignore this truth today. There, there, there is a risk for us if we continue in the practice of unforgiveness. Because unforgiveness has consequences. 
holding on to the grievance, not wiping the slate clean, that, that has some influences in our own lives and our own relationship with Christ and with one another. Let me show you. When we hold on to unforgiveness, we step into disobedience. Remember, we just saw it's a declarative. Do this, right? Forgive as you have been forgiven, right? It's a declarative. When we don't follow that word, we step into unforgiveness and we step into a a place of disobedience. And there's a result of that. One of those results is that it interrupts our relationship with Christ. It, It interrupts our relationship with God. It says here in the Gospel of Mark, this is Jesus talking, and would you stand praying, right? So when you're in relationship with God, when you're in conversation with God, when, when you're having this relationship moment with Christ, and when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, meaning if you have not wiped the slate clean, right? If you've got that grudge sitting there on the slate, if you're holding on to the depth of that hurt, and you're concentrating on the depth of the hurt, if you're just focused on the depth of the hurt, and you haven't wiped the slate clean. If you hold anything against anyone, forgive him. Why? So that... Do you see how I made that big? I work hard all week just to make sure you don't miss these things, people. Come on. You get this? So that... Right? Don't miss it. So that there is a relationship going on. Right? There's something going on when we step into disobedience and, and practice unforgiveness. Don't don't think it doesn't have implications. When when you step into disobedience and unforgiveness, it influences your life. And it influences the relationships you have, including the relationship you have with Christ. So that your Father in Heaven can do what? May forgive whose? Yours. When we hold on to the grudge, when, 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 he, when we concentrate on the hurt, we step into this disobedience. We step into this unforgiveness. And it, it, it interrupts. It becomes a barrier for us to understand the depth of God's love for you. Jesus tells a great parable in uh, Matthew 18. And the beginning of the story uh, is where Peter comes to Jesus and he asks him a question about this forgiveness thing and practicing forgiveness. And Peter comes and he asks the question, how many times, how many times, Lord, should I practice forgiveness? And now Peter, in the process of that, tries to answer his own question. And he gives Jesus a number. Now, now put yourself in Peter's place. You're, you're going you're gonna to ask the Lord a question. Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister? Now, when, when you throw out the number, when, when you throw the number out, are you going to throw the number out low or high? 
I mean, when, when you bring this to the Lord, are you really going to come and say, how many times should I forgive my brother? Maybe like two times? Or are you just going to try to look really, really generous? You're going you're gonna to just kind of, you know, push the envelope a little bit and kind of multiply the number a little bit. So, so you look really magnanimous and really generous, right? And so Peter comes and he says, Lord, how many times, how many times should I practice forgiveness and wipe the slate clean with, with my brother or my sister? How about seven times? Sounds like a lot. Seven times, not five, not four. How about seven times? And Jesus' response, Peter, seven times 70. Lavish. And then he tells a parable about a king, and a king had these servants, and the servants owed the king a lot of money. And there was one servant in particular who owed the king millions in today's economy, millions of dollars, right? He owed him a debt that he could never possibly in his entire lifetime and then some repay, right? He owed him so much it is beyond the realm of possibility that he could ever even get close to repaying this debt, and when the king called him in, the king said, hey, you owe me the money. Let's go. Pay the debt. And the guy says, I can't do it. And he begs and he begs and he begs and he begs for the king to just give him more time. And the king, amazingly, without explanation, out of sheer gift and gratitude, cancels the entire debt. Wipes the slate clean. The servant then leaves the king, goes outside, and runs into a fellow servant who owes him a couple thousand dollars. Not millions, a couple thousand dollars. The text is really clear. The servant who has owed the couple thousand dollars, says, grabs the guy by the throat and demands that he get repaid. And when the guy can't repay the couple grand, he throws him into prison. And the king hears about what has happened. And he calls the servant back into his presence, and he says, then the king, angry king, sent the man to prison to be tortured until he paid his entire debt. Now look at this. That's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. How serious, how important is it that we practice forgiveness? Because when we step into unforgiveness, when we step into the disobedience of unforgiveness, it interrupts our relationship. And we focus on the hurt, and we get captured in the hurt, and we miss the sheer joy. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness also not only hurts our relationship with God, with Christ, but it also just hurts us. It, it just hurts us, right? In Hebrews it says, See to it 
that no one misses the grace of God, right? So don't, don't, that's what we're talking about, don't miss the grace of God. The sheer gift, the incredible love, the forgiveness that God has for you. Don't miss that and focus on the hurt, right? Don't miss the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. What's it saying? When, when you focus on the hurt and you miss the sheer joy of the forgiveness that you've received, when you focus on that hurt, you're allowing a bitter root in your life. And we know what roots do. Roots take hold and they spread. Saying, listen, don't, don't let that bitterness take root. Don't hold on to the grievance and let that bitterness take root in your life. Because what happens? That bitterness take, takes root in your life and it spreads and you simply become a bitter person. You start practicing bitterness, not just in that relationship, but in other relationships. It spreads and it influences your character and who you are. And you have a bitterness of an aura that is around you then because you simply stepped into a practice of unforgiveness. It hurts you. I've shared this with you before. I find this always amazing when people practice the silent treatment. Anybody do that? No, you don't need to raise your hand. It's okay, right? I do that. I fall into that sometime, right? To ask my wife where I, where I, you know, I get all broody and, 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 I, and well, I'll show her. I'll just be quiet. I'll just do the silent treatment, right? You, ever, you do that? Okay, let's assume we all do that, okay? Uh, we, you, you, you do this. Now, what's really funny about the silent treatment it doesn't hurt them at all. Well, I'm just going to show them. I'm just going to keep calling. I'm going to ignore them. And I'm not going to call them. I'm not going to email them. I'm not going to talk to them. I'm not going to text them. I'm just going to show them. And What are they doing? Woohoo! It's not hurting them at all. They're just going on, practicing their life, doing their thing, being about their business. What are you doing? You're just over there brooding and you're over there concentrating on the hurt and you are just getting bitter and you're just convincing yourself that you're hurting them when in actuality, what are you doing? You're only hurting yourself. Unforgiveness not only hurts our relationship with Christ, it simply hurts us. And if you think about it, when, when we stay in unforgiveness, we, we not only interrupt a relationship with Christ, we not only just start hurting ourselves, but, but we close off the awareness that, hey, wait a minute, we're going to need forgiveness again. I mean, I know this about myself, right? I know that tomorrow I'm going to need forgiveness tomorrow as much as I need forgiveness today. Amen? I know that a week from now... A month from now, a year from now, because I know my own brokenness, I know I'm going to need forgiveness then as much as I need forgiveness now. And when we step into unforgiveness, when we hold on to the hurt, we're interrupting that relationship and we're interrupting our focus on how incredibly we have already been forgiven and we forget how broken we are. And we start getting full of ourselves and puffed up on ourselves and we forget we just need Christ. 
For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you not forgive men their sins, your Father will... I know. I'm going to need God's forgiveness. Unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. Focuses on the hurt. Creates distance between Christ. Creates distance in our other relationships. And it creates distance with the grace of God. Because somehow we get full of ourselves. Unforgiveness. Disobedience. It stains us. You ever clear off a whiteboard, right? You ever clear off a whiteboard that's had something on it for a long time? Right? And so you're up there scrubbing it all off, and, and you scrub it all off, and what's still on the board? The stain of what's been there a long time. Right? That's what unforgiveness does. It takes root, and it stains us. And so we need, we need to step into forgiveness. And not concentrate on the depth of the hurt, but instead to discover the sheer joy of the forgiveness we've received. And so you can say, okay, all right, but how do we, how do, we do that? Two quick things. One, one is to help you understand the depth of the joy of the forgiveness you've already received. You just need to keep drawing closer to Jesus and getting closer to other Christians. If, if this topic this morning, if this teaching this morning is challenging you and touching you in some way, I want to encourage you, come to our Celebrate Recovery group. Get in that group. Because that's what they'll help you do. They will help you come to grips with what's going on in your life. And, and you will experience the incredible love that Christ has for you in that, in that group. You, you need to draw closer to Christ, and to draw closer to Christ, you got to draw closer to other Christians. And so, Pastor Andrew and I tell you as many times as we can tell you, as any opportunity that we have to tell you, get in a small group. Why? Because it's in the small group you're going to discover the depth of God's love that he has for you, the incredible nature of his forgiveness, of of how not only he has forgiven you, but how he's forgiven other Christians. That happens in the experience of our being together as brothers and sisters in the faith. Get with other Christians to understand the joy and the depth of forgiveness. If you look at Luke uh, 9, there's this incredible story where a, a... Woman comes in. Jesus is at a dinner party. Woman comes in, interrupts the dinner party, goes over to Jesus and begins washing his feet with her tears and drying his feet with her hair and pouring perfume on his feet. Remember, we're talking about feet here, right? There's one rule in my family, by the way. Nobody touches my feet. Not happening. In this case, this woman is washing his feet with her tears, drying him with her hair, anointing him with precious oil. What is this all about? Jesus acknowledges at the end. He said, then he said to the crowd, 
If any of you wants to be my follower, you've got to give up your own way. What is she doing? She is giving up her own way. She is giving up her own way, her old way, and she has acknowledged the incredible depth of forgiveness. Jesus says, I tell you, her sins, they are many. They're many. But she's been what? She's been forgiven. What's happened? Even though her sins are many, she understands the incredible gift, the joy of being forgiven, and she can do nothing but lavish that at the feet of Jesus. Understand the depth of your own forgiveness. Second thing, start praying for those who have hurt you. What? Yes. I know, that sounds really hard when you've been hurt deep. But this is the place to start. Right? Start praying. Don't, don't just run to the phone, pick up the phone and call them up and say, I forgive you. No, start praying for them. Right? Draw closer to Christ and start praying for them. Scripture says... You, you've heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemies. I tell you what, love your enemies and do what? Pray for those who persecute you. Or bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Just start there. Get with other Christians. Understand the depth of God's love for you. And start praying for whatever, whoever that person is that has hurt you, regardless of the depth. Practicing forgiveness is not about the depth of the hurt. It is all about the depth of our faith. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Uh, Thank you because you, you have a depth of love for us that is without measure. And you don't, you don't look at at the hurt, the depth of the hurt that we've caused you. Jesus, you, you willingly set aside everything and went to the cross and took all of our hurt, all of our faults, all of our failures, and you nailed them there. Help us this morning to receive this teaching and to leave them there. Instead, to walk out knowing just the joy of being a forgiven person. We're going to come to the table, Lord. You're going to meet us there. You're going to forgive us there. You're going to wipe the slate clean there. Help us to receive that. And because we know that joy, because we know the depth of your love for us, empower us. Empower us to step into being a forgiving person, to do what Jesus has done for us. We know there's deep hurt, Lord. But your love for us is greater. Your forgiveness of us is greater. Help us to begin praying for those who hurt us. Bring other Christians into our life to help us, to teach us, encourage us, strengthen us. And let us be not any people, but your people. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.